Welcome to Parallel Church, one church in multiple locations. And actually, this morning, I'm in Okotoks, enjoying our campus there with Pastor Joel and Tanisha. So let's welcome everyone that's joining us in Lloyd Minster with Pastor Mike and Carol. Welcome to you guys. Welcome Tabor with Pastor Renee and Jill. Welcome to you. Welcome Lethbridge with Pastor Ralph and Cindy. And welcome everyone that's joining us in Claire's home with Pastor Brian and Heidi. And everyone that's joining us around the world online, welcome to all of you with Pastor Tim and Jen, hope you guys are doing great. And to our American friends, happy Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, we're excited to celebrate with you. And welcome to part three of our series for love and impact. Our slogan as a church is now for love and impact. And it's really based on John 13, 34, where Jesus said to his disciples, a new command I give you. And when Jesus said that, I've said this before, but I just want to reiterate it again. This was a replacement command that he said, this is a replacement that sums up all of the Moses's plan, you know, commands, this, this sums up the, the law, the prophets, this sums up what God's focus on the earth is, is he says, a new command I give you, his instructions to the early church, to disciples to pass on from generation to generation, this new command is to love one another as Jesus loved us, John 13, 34. And the beginning of this series, we've been unpacking what it means to, to love as Jesus loved and, and what it means. And our slogan as a church is saying, we're going to make that main thing, that main command, our main thing. And our slogan is going to be to love and to impact our communities, whichever in, you know community we are in, whichever community God leads us to, whichever community we can reach, we are wanting to, to impact it with, with love and love as Jesus loved. Now, Jesus said, in Matthew 25, in answering his disciples' questions about what would you know the end times look like, Jesus went through all these explanations of what to look for, what to watch for, and then he got to verse 31 in in Matthew 25, and he said this. He says, he said, uh, you know, talking about the day of judgment and where we're all going to stand before God one day, and he says, and God's going to separate you know the sheep on his right, meaning the righteous, and the goats on his left, meaning the unrighteous. And then he says the distinguishing factor between the sheep and the goats, the ones that are going to, a, a noticeable difference between the righteous and the unrighteous is that the righteous will, you know, have fed him when he was hungry, gave him water to drink when he was thirsty, gave him clothes, visited him when he was in prison, invited them into their homes, brought hospitality. When he was sick, they nurtured him and helped and, and gave him help. And then he says to the goats on the left, the unrighteous, he says, well, they didn't feed him. They didn't take care of him and give him water and, and, and clothing and, and housing and, and justice and all these things. And we're looking at going, okay, this is the deciding factor. Now we know we know that salvation comes by Jesus, that he is the way, the truth, and the life. But it's interesting to note that Jesus said a distinguishing factor between the righteous and the unrighteous is how we treat the least of these. And I'm not saying that salvation is linked to that. You know, that would be reading into it a little bit too much, I think. But but I think what I'm distinguishing factor of those who have salvation, those who have a relationship with Jesus, is that our natural result in having true relationship with Jesus is that we are going to love others as he loved. That that is the main thing and all this links together. Paul said it in Galatians 5 verse 6. He said, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself 
love. The only thing that the only faith that counts, the faith in Jesus counts. But he says that faith, the one that's gonna you're gonna know it counts, that it really mattered, that relationship with authentic is gonna have to express itself through loving one another. Loving others. And then we looked last week in Galatians 5 and Galatians 6 where Paul explains what this expressing of love looks like. And we get to Galatians chapter 6 and verse 2 and he says, you know, he says love looks like carrying one another's burdens that when some of you are laden down and, and, you know, carrying heavy burdens, extraordinary burdens beyond pressure that is normal. He says when that happens that we're supposed to help each other and carry each other's burdens. And then he says in, in Galatians 6, he says, he says that we should express this love, you know, this through our faith, through through love. But he says we should look after all people, take care of all people, especially those in the family of believers. Now, when he says the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love, he's also alluding to the fact that there's faith that is a counterfeit, that doesn't count. That, that is one that, that doesn't express itself, and, and that counterfeit is going to be one that doesn't express itself in love. And I like to say, you know, I use this term a lot, that it's, it's kind of like religion. And when I use the term religion, I just want to be clear that the term religion is, is one that is a system of beliefs, but it's, you know, my interpretation of it and my definition of religion is that it's man's system of beliefs, that it's man's created man-made system to get into relationship with God. Whereas faith in Jesus is one that is not based on our works or our systems or our ways that, that it's not about us getting to God and getting God's acceptance. It's about God coming to us and having relationship with Jesus. And that faith manifests itself through, through love. And religion would be the one that says, I believe in God, I can say the right things, I can do the right things, I can follow the systems, I can. I'm, I look the part, I act the part, I talk the part, I dress the part, all of those things, I can, I can fit into the, into the church man-made systems, but if it's not manifest, doesn't matter what I say, do, act, all the rest of it, it doesn't manifest itself through, through love for one another, it's a counterfeit. Now this is not just a change that happened when Jesus arrived. This is not just a change that happened in the New Testament, not just a change that happened with the, the early church. I want to take us back. This, is, this has been God's plan all along. I want to take us right back to 700 years before Jesus even showed up on planet Earth and said this new command I give you. God's plan right from the very beginning is this kind of faith, is that this kind of faith would express itself through love. The, the prophet Isaiah said this in Isaiah chapter 1. He says, uh, and this is the Message Bible. I love it because it's just a little bit more blunt. He says, quit your worship charades. Uh, I can't stand your uh, trivial religious games. Um, you know, he says, monthly conferences, weekly Sabbaths, special meetings, 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 meetings. Some of you can understand this when it comes to work. Meetings, meetings, meetings. But he's talking about church meetings, gathering together, all the rest. He says, just, he's not saying there's something wrong with meetings, but look what he says. I can't stand one more meeting for this, meeting for that. He says, I hate them. This is God talking. He says, I hate them. You've worn me out. With all of your church games and your religious meetings, 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 meetings. He says, I'm sick 
This is God talking. I'm sick of your religion. Religion, religion. Your systems of belief, of trying to gain God's approval. Apparently, God doesn't approve. <laughs> you know, he says, I hate it. While you go on sinning. Ouch. In other words, God's calling out a hypocrisy here. And he's like, he says, I'm sick of religion. This is, this is 700 years before Jesus. And he goes on. Says this, God says this. When you put on your next prayer performance, ouch, right? I'll be looking the other way, no matter how long or loud or often you pray, no matter how long or loud or often you pray. Have you ever been in those meetings? I've been in those meetings. You know, have you ever been in those meetings where? where someone's going on and they, they wax eloquent and they pray and they say all the right words and they go on and on and on and on. And then they turn to you and ask you to pray. Listen, I'm a pastor and someone turns to me and asks me to pray. And I was like, I can't, I can't pray as long. or I can't pray like, I, I'm not sure I, I can do it. Ever, ever feel that? And, and you're going, man, that's like you feel the pressure to perform or to come up to the performance of the expectation of the system of religion that is going to gain God's approval. And God's like, Man, no matter how long or loud or often you pray, he says, I'm going to turn another way. I'll, I'll not be listening. Ouch. And then he says, and do you know why? And I'm thinking, God, please tell us. Because, because is it wrong for us to have church meetings? No. Is it wrong for us to, to worship? No. Is it wrong for us to have these religious rituals and, these, and these, all these kind of things? No. Is it wrong for us to pray? No. But, it, but the whole purpose in that we do those things is to please God. And if we're not doing them with the right heart and the right way, he says, I'm not listening. I'm not paying attention. It's a waste of time. You're, all, the, all, all the things you're trying to do to impress me, it's not impressing me. And, and then he says, do you know why? He says this, because you've been tearing people to pieces and your hands are bloody. Now, here we go again. God says, I'm tired of religion. And Jesus said this in Matthew, you know, 11, he says, are you tired, worn out, burned out religion? Come away with me. I'll show you how to live a grace filled life. Uh, now God's saying Old Testament, 700 years before, he says, stop playing these religious games. Stop, you know, trying to impress in your religious rituals. Stop trying to wax eloquent in your prayers and all the rest of it and putting on your Christian appearance and your godly appearance and all the rest of it. And at the same time, while you can mention that you love God and that you can pray and you can do all these kind of stuff, you're still tearing people to pieces. Now, really what God is saying here, and, and think about this, really what God is saying is he's, he's saying it's kind of like, you know, having a friend who says, you're, you're my best friend, you do all, the, all this kind of stuff, and I love you, and you're the best, and you're amazing, all of us, they, they, you know, pump you all up, and then they start trash-talking your kids. But I can't stand your kids. Your kids are terrible. They're, they're, they're this, I, I would hang out more with you if it wasn't for your kids. They're awful, all the rest of it. How, I, I mean, what does that do to you as a person, like your level of trust in what they're saying about you diminishes. Your level of trust and your level of pursuit and relationship with them diminishes. And you're thinking, man, you can like me all you want. We can hang out all you want. But if you don't like me, if you don't like my family, man, this is not going to be the same. And God's saying the same thing. He's like, he's like you, can, you can impress me with all of your 
church going meetings and your, you know, eloquent prayers and your, you know, all your, you know, disciplines and all the rest. All those are good. He says, but if you say all the right things to me and you don't treat people with love, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. If you don't do that, I'm not even listening to your prayers. Wow. Then he says, he says, he says, do you want to know why? Yes, please tell us why. We're you know, been tearing people to pieces. Then he says, go home from where? From your church services, <laughs> from your religious rituals, from your prayer closet, all the rest of it. He says, go home, wash up, clean up your act. You know, sweep your lives clean of your evil doings. He's tying sin here to this. And he says, so I don't have to look at them any longer. Say no to wrong. Learn to do good. Work for justice. Help the down and out. Stand up for the homeless. Go to bat for the defenseless. And this is 700 years before Jesus came along and said, a new command I give you, Peter, John, a new command I give you, love one another. This is, this is what counts. 700 years before, God says, stop playing all these religious games and tearing other people down. You want to know what makes your prayers count? You want to know what impresses me? You know what? You want to know what saying no to wrong is and canceling evil and doings, what it is? He says, learn to do good to others. Work for justice, which is defending the defenseless. He says, help the down and out. Jesus called it, you know, the least of these. Isaiah says the down and out. Stand up for the homeless. Go to bat for the defenseless. In other words, there's a lot more to the Christian faith than just avoiding sin and being a, a good, you know, Christian who looks the part, acts the part, all the rest of it. You can go to, in other words, this is put into Martin. You can go to church all you want and, and say, man, we can, we can sit here and we can tithe and we can give and we can attend church and we can pray and we can do all these kind of things. But if we, if we leave church, that's, that's all well and good. Nothing wrong with that. But if we leave church and then go to our workplace and tear people to shreds and mistreat people and, and don't defend the defenseless and don't help the down and out and we don't do all this kind of stuff, then, then God's going, it doesn't matter what you do on Sundays if the rest of your week you're not expressing your faith through love. Hey, we've got our own. This is, this is Old Testament. They had their own rituals. We've got our own rituals. And that's why I'm saying, and this is why we're talking about our, you know, this parallel church is going to come alongside people for love and impact. We want to express our faith through love and make a true impact in people's lives and come alongside them. This is why we're saying this has got to be our major because it's been God's major the whole time. And, and a lot of times we've made the majors, you know, the Christian rituals. And making sure we do church just the right way. And we go to the right church with the right theologies in the right way. But if we mistreat people, it's pointless. Another prophet said something, you know, the very same thing. He said this in, in Micah 6. The prophet Micah, the last book of the, 
you know, uh, you know is, is later on in, in the Old Testament, way later on, closer to Jesus. He said this, With what shall I come before the Lord and bow down before the exalted God? Shall I come, this is the prophet asking, shall I come with him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old, with the, will the Lord be pre, you know, pleased with a thousand rams and, and you know, a thousand uh, you know, rivers of olive oil, 10,000 rivers of olive oil, will you be pleased with that? In other words, these, this is the, the rituals of the day. You know what's amazing about this? These are the religious practices of the day. And these practices, think about this, these were required by God himself. This is what God, these are instructions that God gave to Moses. I mean, think about this. And how to, you know, you know cover the sin, how to atone for their sin and to gain, you know, forgiveness from God or the rest of it. These are the very practices that God gave to Moses. So in other words, God's not saying these practices themselves, even that would be contradicting what he said before. But he says, he said, you know, the prophet's saying this, he's saying that these are good but they're not enough. And then he goes, so if there's required by God, why did, why are these prophets keep railing on these practices? He goes on, he says this, shall I offer my firstborn for my transgression? That's a different religious practice. That wasn't required by God at all, by the way. Um, but this is other religions would require these kind of human sacrifice and different things. He says, he's trying to think of the most extreme, you know, religious ritual sign of dedication to to a god which would be culturally you know relevant the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul then he says this do i do all that kind of stuff does that impress god then he says this he talking about god has shown you or o mortal what is good and pleasing and he says and what does the lord require of you, to which all the religious said, well, it's the sacrifice you just mentioned. Like, what is it? And he says this, no, no, no. He says, it's to act justly. There it is again, to love mercy and to walk humbly with our God. To act justly is to defend the defenseless. And, and justice is what love looks like in public. Defending the defenseless. He says to love mercy rather than judgment. To love mercy. You know what? Listen, listen, church. I, I want you to hear me. I want you to hear me. God never assigned us the job of judging others. That's his job. God assigned our job to be to loving others. So while we're waiting for, you know, the church should be judging others and telling people their sin and doing all these kind of stuff, it's not our job to judge others. God, Jesus gave us our command, our job, and that's to love others. The judgment part is up to him. Thank God he's a merciful God. He says, love mercy, not judgment. Walk humbly, which humbly is is not thinking less of yourself. Walking humbly is just thinking of yourself less. It's just simply elevating others above yourself. So in the Old Testament, hundreds of years before Jesus comes and says this new command I give you, the prophets are already speaking to the Israelites and saying, you've made the main thing, you know, minor. And you've made, you've made the minor things major. 
And God's saying, yeah, it's important in order to have a relationship with me. It's important for you to do the sacrifice. Is it important for you to do this and to pray and all the rest of it to connect with me and have a great relationship with me? But he says the major thing is you can't, you can't just focus on me alone and mistreat others. And all throughout, this is what Jesus was trying to get across. All throughout his ministry, all throughout his teachings, all throughout the, the New Testament and, and the early church, they, they got this and they began to teach this and they began to reiterate this over and over and over again. In fact, look at the writer of Hebrews. He said this in Hebrews 13, verse 15. He says, through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. We're like, okay, we're going to not put a, do away with the sacrifice. There's going to be continued sacrifice of, of, of praise. Absolutely. He says, with the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. That's in prayer and that's in worship and saying we're, we're supposed to do that. Yes. But then he says that, he says this, and do not forget to do good and to share with others for such sacrifices God is pleased. In other words, it's not just good enough to speak with my lips that I love God. It's not just good enough to, you know, to sacrifice and to praise and all the rest of it on Sunday and to put on the rituals and say, that's good. He says, but that's not enough. He says, don't forget the main thing, to express your faith through love. Paul said it this way to the church in Corinth in 1 Corinthians 13. And, and this is for us charismatics out there, just in case you think we were any better than anybody else, that we escaped all this. Come on. <laughs> he said this, if I speak in tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. Come on. If I have the gift of prophecy, and, and can fathom all the mysteries and all the knowledge. And if I have a faith that can move mountains, but I do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor, which he's not, he's not, he's not saying don't do any of these things. He's not saying don't preach and you know, speak in tongues. He's not saying don't prophesy. Don't, he's a, but, it, but if we can do all this, for our appearance and what looks good and what feels good and all, all for just for ourselves. If I, even if I give and possess all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but I do not have love, I gain nothing. In other words, if we're a church with the coolest services, or the most anointed meetings, or the most miracles, et cetera, et cetera, the, the most right theology, but we do not operate in love, we are nothing. Come on, the main thing is that we operate in love. Today's takeaway is is this, and it's just simply this verse again, Galatians 5. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Listen to me, church. It's, we all have our personal preferences of what church would look like, what church should be like. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me, listen 
we're not going to be judgmental or critical of other churches and we're not going to compare our church to other churches and saying, you know, we're more right because we get more miracles or we're more right because we our theology is is this and that or we practice this more or do this less or we we believe in this or we don't believe in that. Listen, the only thing that counts is not what happens just in this room. The only thing that counts is that we express what we are challenged in this room, if we express it 24-7 in love, that's when people are going to know. That's when we'll make an impact. That's why our saying is for love, for impact. This is justice is what love looks like in public. That's why we have not for sale. Because we're like, we can't just preach a gospel and then not defend the defenseless. When we know there's defenseless all around us, we have to do something about it. That's why I have not for sale. That's why I have my city care. That's why we're doing these things. These aren't just side, nice little side projects. These are, this, this is, those are the main things. Expressing ourselves in love. That's why we do parallel care we talked about last week, where we especially do express that kind of faith and in love and for love and impact in our own family of believers. And that's why next week we're going to be receiving our first legacy offering. And I want you to come prepared next week to give. And here's what our plan is, is we're going to receive an, an extra offering over and above our regular tithes and offerings to the church for the operation of the church. And we're going to receive an offering. I want, I want to challenge you to pray about it this week, to come prepared next week to give. And what we want to do is we want to, we want to take up an offering and we're going to give it all away. And we're going, to, we're going to express our faith through love. We're going to, for love and impact, we're going to, we can't just say this and not do something about it. And we're going to give it away in four different areas. Number one, we're going to give it away locally. Each one of our campuses, no matter what campus you're watching in physically, we're going to, what, we, what you, we receive next week is going to go to, to locally, to your community, Tabor, to your community, Okotoks, to your community, Lloydminster, to your uh, community, Clarisome, to your community, Lethbridge. It's going to go to the first responders in your community who have gone way above and beyond this last couple of years. Need, a lot of them discouraged and need to pick me up, and so we're going to just give them little Christmas gifts and just and bless them and just say, hey, we love you. We're thinking about you. We got to do something about it. Secondly, we're going to give away nationally and we're going to give away to another organization outside of our own. And we've been so blessed by LifeLinks, which is a, a, an organization that is responsible in, in uh, started in Lethbridge, actually, uh, with Pastor Keith Hazel and and Pastor Jeremy and and Faith, Pastor Jeremy's uh, Pastor Keith's um, son, and they're on staff here and all the rest of it. But LifeLink started, and they got churches all around uh, the the world actually. But they they were part of the org- they were the organization that virtually gifted us the facility in Tabor, and they came alongside us and our ministry in Tabor. And so we want to receive this offering and bless them as an organization. And, and help them with church planting in Canada. That's outside of us. That's outside of our influence. We just want to bless them. Internationally, we are going to be taking on the Esther House, which is an organization that operates in Kenya. And they, they rescue girls 
Um, they've got 17 girls in the home. They rescue girls who end up pregnant in school and they get kicked out of school and they get ostracized from family and all the, they get in abusive situations and it's dangerous and they get rescued from there. But we've come into relationship with them over the last four years. And so we want to bless them and, and, and what their ministry is. And we want to give to that. And then we want to give also the fourthly to expansion and our expansion offering is going to go uh, to my city care to come alongside other churches and other uh, ministries across our nation that want to start My City Cares in 2022 and to gift them, to get them up and going. And we want to set aside some of that money to be able to do that. So that's next week. Come prepared to give because this the only thing that counts, church, come on, is our faith expressing itself through love. We exist for love and impact. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for your word and Lord, as obvious as it is when you read these scriptures, that this has been your major all the time. Lord God, I, I just feel almost embarrassed reading these scriptures and having read them before and not put the emphasis that you've placed on these areas, not putting that emphasis enough in my own life. And God, and thinking that, you know, I know some of the Christian you know, r- rituals and, you know, feeling like I need to belong within your church in the right way and act the right way and say the right things and believe the right things. All these things, God, I've put more emphasis on that and in fitting in and, and pleasing you with and missing this the whole time. God, I pray that, first of all, forgive me for that. Help us, Lord, to see the main thing is the main thing. Give us eyes to see opportunities, ears to hear of people in need. Lord God, and the wisdom to know what to do and the courage to be able to do it. In Jesus' name, I pray a blessing on each one now. In Jesus' name, amen. Paul says in Romans 10, 9, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that he rose again from the dead, you will be saved. So I just want to run through a prayer with you right now that does exactly that. So uh, close your eyes, bow your head, repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I confess that you are God. And I believe that you rose again from the dead. And I ask you now to become my Lord, to become my Savior, to become my friend. I thank you that my past is past and that I can begin anew with you today. My heart is yours. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. So if you prayed that prayer for the first time, there's a link that is posted in the comment section there. Click on that link, uh, fill out that form, and then I would love to just be able to congratulate you, chat with you, uh, and be able to send you a Bible just to kind of begin you on your journey. Uh, And that's an amazing decision. So first off, congratulations. Uh, And second off, fill that form out. We'd love to send you a Bible.